0: Hey Fishies, welcome to another episode of Anti-Wombat's Bible Class. Remember that this show doesn't happen without your questions, so if you want to leave voicemail or text 415-504-2289, you can DM me on Instagram at Wombatalim, on Twitter at the underscore wombat. You can send me a message on the Anti-Wombat's Bible Class Facebook page, or you can use the Ask Me Anything feature on my tumblr which is also one battle and if you want to remain anonymous that would be the way to go though none of those methods will result in me sharing your contact information with anyone you can also please share the podcast with your friends uh subscribe in your podcast apps rate it if you have that option in your podcast podcast app all those things help get the word out the more people who listen the more questions i get and the easier it is for me to keep going Today's main topic is body dysmorphia. I received a question asking, uh, how do you deal with body dysmorphia, not necessarily with gender? It's just, you know, a good uh, good question. Uh, so I want to start by talking a little bit about what it is, in case you're not already aware. Um, body dysmorphia is an obsession with perceived flaws in appearance. and uh, Generally, this, this is something that's either really minor or it's completely imaginary. Um, but to the individual, they seem massive. They seem shameful or they're distressing or, you know, something. But that perception seems entirely baseless to the people around them. One of the more common forms of this, which tends to wind up in eating disorders, is believing that you're fat when you're not just as an example. So, how do you know if you might be dealing with body dysmorphia? Um, you might have a preoccupation with your physical appearance. Uh, you have a belief that a particular abnormality, again, this might not even be something that actually exists, but something you think exists, um, a belief that that particular abnormality is uh, makes you ugly or a defect makes you ugly. Um, it can result in either the compulsive use of mirrors or a, in completely avoiding them altogether. Um, it may make you disinclined to get your picture taken. Um, it's going to make you self-conscious about whatever this perceived flaw is. You'll compare your own appearance with others a lot. Um, you might find yourself avoiding social situations. Um, you might find yourself trying to camouflage this uh, flaw, perceived flaw, uh, with clothes or makeup. Uh, You might develop some obsessive grooming rituals. Uh, You might have trouble being reassured about it, like people tell you, no, it's not that bad, or I don't see what you're talking about, but you just don't believe them. And you may end up seeking surgical or, or other extreme solutions like You might develop eating disorder you might seek plastic surgery you might you know obsessively hit the gym and more likely than not while you're seeking these solutions you'll find the results completely unsatisfying so how do you deal with it Um, first and foremost if you can get therapy because trained professional can tailor their work for you in particular. I can give some general tips, but I can't give you any specifics. Um, a trained professional would be a better choice, but I realize that's not available for everybody. Um, what else can you do? You can identify what aspects of your appearance are triggering the dysmorphia. Maybe it's your nose or your belly, whatever. You can identify what rituals you perform as a result, you can identify your triggers. Like if you have, you know, a, an obsession with a particular body part and you keep seeing people everywhere that have the perfect version of whatever that is and it freaks you out. You know, if it's something you can avoid, you can work on avoiding it. In social situations, uh, train yourself to notice the positive things that people are saying about you. And also see if you can pay attention to the lack of negative things that they're saying about you. Uh, You can observe other people around you and pay attention to what they do and do not notice. Not just about you, but about all the people around you, you know, or around them. You can do some people watching, you know. What you'll find generally if you actually pay attention to what people notice is they're not looking at whatever it is that's causing you distress think about ways you might be appreciated besides your appearance you know think about if you have trouble if you're struggling with this consider what you value in other people as a starting point and it's probably not what they look like so You can say, I admire that person's honesty. So you can start thinking about, well, am I an honest person? Okay, yes I am. So that's a a good trait to have. Uh, Be active. Physical activity can really help you focus on what your body is good at. Um, You can keep a journal, you can make art, and do a little research. Learn about the social issues like unrealistic beauty standards that might be contributing to your self-perception. And like I said, if you can, you know, get therapy, even if you can't get therapy, you know, it might help to talk to someone who's close to you and say, hey, I feel this way about my appearance in this one particular way. Can you help me with this? And that person's gonna try to reassure you. You have to learn to start believing people when you, they tell you that you look okay. All right, I had a few other questions this week that aren't really thematic, but we'll just uh, tackle them. Uh, first, uh, second question, I guess, is what does the A stand for in LGBTQIA exactly? Um, people tell me that it stands for asexual, and some people tell me it stands for asexual and ally. Others tell me it stands for asexual, aromantic, and agender. Well, the good news is the reason you are confused is because this is confusing. All of those answers have, in fact, been correct at some point in time. The most commonly recognized word that the A stands for is asexual. Um, Generally, aromantic and agender could be considered to be a part of that as well. At one point, it did, in fact, mean ally, though not so much now. Um, an ally used to kind of be a, sort of a hidden umbrella for questioning or closeted people to f- to hide under. So, you know, they would say, I'm not gay, I'm just an ally, when, you know, secretly they were also queer or thinking they might be queer. And it was... You know, historically, allies were super important in how far we've come in terms of getting recognized as people basically, which is what getting human rights is about, getting recognized as actual people, which is kind of messed up, but there you go. Um, But it doesn't usually get included now because honestly, this is like the only type of movement where ally was ever really included. You know, a good ally knows that the movement is not about them. If someone is, you know, demanding to be on the letterhead, basically, then they're turning it into a way to promote themselves and not so much a way to support the people it actually applies to. I mean, that said, this is such a big umbrella. Lesbian guy lesbian, gay, bisexual, intersex, asexual, aromantic, agender, queer, trans, you know, the list goes on and on. It's anything that's not cisgendered, heterosexual, Um, that encompasses a lot more people than most people realize, and, you know, the more studies come out about this, the fewer and fewer straight people we end up with, so... You know, like I said, it's such a big umbrella in the first place. The people who tell you it includes the word ally are not necessarily wrong. It's That's just slightly outdated. All right, the next question. Is it normal to identify as trans, in this case female to male, but constantly have fights with yourself? Telling yourself, no, you're a girl. You were born in a female body. You're a girl. And just becoming very transphobic with yourself and making yourself question if you're really trans or if you're just faking it. So short answer is, yeah, it's actually pretty normal. Um, I don't have data on how many trans people go through this, but speaking in broader terms of queerness, uh, it's totally normal to have doubts about your own identity. Um, I don't know whether it's more normal to have doubts or more normal not to have doubts. But enough people have doubts about their gender or sexual identity that we can call it normal. It's at least not uncommon. Um, Especially if you have grown up in a transphobic environment, which let's face it, until recently that is most of them. um, It's really, really hard to shake the visceral reactions, even though intellectually you know better. You know, you know in your head that. There's nothing wrong with being trans, but at the same time, if you grew up with messages that, ooh, trans people are creepy or weird or gross or going to hell or whatever, it's it's really hard to shake that programming that you've been hearing for most of your life, never mind what your mind says. So yeah, that's totally normal. All right, next question. Do you need gender dysphoria to be trans? There have been so many fights online over this, and I don't know how to feel on it. I identify as male to female, but I don't experience much dysphoria and people go off on me saying that I'm not actually trans because I don't experience much dysphoria and that I am just faking being trans so I can get attention and that I'm just hogging the spotlight and putting a bad rap on the trans community and it hurts me to experience this. Yeah, that would hurt me too. Um, Being trans just means that you identify as a different gender from the one you were assigned at birth. So... That doesn't mean you have to have problems necessarily with your body. That just means, hey, I was born this way and everyone assumed I was this way, but really I'm this other way and, you know, that's totally valid. It is totally valid to be trans without dysphoria. Um, You know, it's not as common as having dysphoria to go along with it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen and you know i've talked about this a lot of times it's it really strikes me that this the whole point of movements like the lgbtq plus lgbtqia plus and there's or quilt bag or however many letters you want to cram into this acronym um the whole point is that we can feel like part of society. That's the whole goal of all of this, is we just want to be treated like human beings. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people, um, the term we like to use is gatekeepers, and you find this in any community, uh, any marginalized community, any marginalized space, who will say, you're not queer enough, you're not trans enough, you're not black enough, you're not female enough to be part of this movement. And that's just wrongheaded. It really is. It it. It runs completely counter to everything we're trying to accomplish. Um, inclusion is so, so important. And it's like, I mean, okay. I use myself as an example. I'm not fully gay. I'm not, you know, fully trans. I'm bisexual, non-binary, which means I'm pretty much, you know, eh? I, I you know... Biphobia has been a thing for as long as I can remember just to take that one part of the example And I've always heard oh you're bi you're just not queer enough. It sucks. It's stupid and it defeats It's counterproductive. So I am very sorry you are going through people telling you you're not trans enough But I am also here to say your identity is valid. You are trans enough and You know, while I can't stop those people from telling you that you're wrong, I can also tell you that you're not wrong. And it's just one of the many things we have to face. My only real guess is that this stems from, you know, you're a marginalized person, so you're used to not being included. And now you want to turn around and put that on someone else. Now that you have a community, you want to keep other people out of it. And that's just dumb. It doesn't solve anything. It just makes people feel self-important. So yeah, your identity, totally valid. And then the last question I had was, how do you distinguish between gender identity and gender expression? So gender identity is how you feel on the inside and gender expression is how you express that on the outside. So that's clothes, activities, hair, mannerisms, interests, whatever. You know what, it's totally okay if these don't line up. you know you can still identify a boy in like wearing dresses and you will go around wearing a dress identifying as a boy totally reasonable but in this case your gender identity and your gender expression are at odds with each other so you do kind of have to prepare yourself for being misgendered a bit if that's you just unfortunately fact of life the thing with with gender expression is in that case in that example your expression is feminine by the happy accident or unhappy accident that um, our culture is in a place where it is more acceptable for women to wear men's clothing than the other way around. In my particular case, I would normally wear what would, you know, normally be considered men's clothing most of the time, but because our society is fine with women wearing men's clothing, that doesn't result in me getting identified as male. Not that, you know, I care, honestly. I'm kind of an exception, though. I'm pronoun agnostic. That is not actually typical. But, like I said, identity is on the inside. Expression is on the outside. It's okay if they don't line up because part of your identity is wanting to dress a certain way or wanting to do certain activities that don't necessarily jive with your identity. Just keep in mind that the whole construct of Masculine versus feminine, and what traits fall into which of those buckets is completely artificial, built by a culture. And you don't have to fit yourself all the way on one side or the other. Or if you're in somewhere in the middle, you can still identify as one or the other and take a little from column A and a little from column B. Don't let your identity dictate what you are, who you are, what you do. Who you are takes your identity not the other way around and that is my show for today thanks so much for listening remember to send in your questions uh voicemail or text 415-504-2289 send me a dm on instagram or twitter send me a message on facebook ask me a question on tumblr i'll be back at you next week stay safe